Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Hi guys, this is the 49er Fearful UK Show and I'm Lee Gowland. Tonight I'm joined by Najikara, Paul Hope and once again Richard Jones to discuss the Jets game and see how our predictions panned out. Evening guys, how are we all feeling after last night? Evening, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just me then. My fingers, are, my fingers are sore from refreshing Twitter all day. Yeah, I know what you're talking about there. Feeling, strange, feeling yeah. strangely deflated after a blowout victory. Yeah, so that, that's definitely an analogy I used last night. As soon as the game had finished, I, I said I feel really deflated. After after such a good victory, the the injuries, which we will talk about during the game, because to be honest, I mean, the, the absolute dominating victory over Jets aside, the main thing was the injuries. And uh, I imagine we'll get into depth on those. So, with that in mind, let's start. Let, let's start with the obvious. Let's go into the injuries first before we talk about the actual game. And let's talk about the impact those injuries are going to have on our season. Yeah, uh, how, can you, how can you lose so many, so many key starters in, in so little time? I don't think I can recall any game or any sport ever seeing this bad of a team after such a dominant win. It was such, it was so unbelievable. I wanted the game to be over at halftime. I wanted the ref to come in and say, right, okay, let's, let's stop this. The game's over anyway. Uh, so nobody gets hurt anymore. Um, so obviously we lost Bossa uh, first. Nick Bossa looks like uh, torn his ACL. He went straight for his knee on, when he got rolled over. Uh, then we lost a couple of plays later when Bosa was on the card. We lost Thomas, uh, looked like more of a non-contact. He was just getting pushed. Could be an ACL as well, uh, although that's not been quite as confirmed. And then Jimmy uh, looks like a bad sprain, uh, although he did carry on playing the, the entire first half. Uh, he was hobbling and he was clearly not comfortable back there, d- despite putting a, a good performance. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Uh, and then, and then most starts starts walking uh, to the locker room at halftime. I haven't seen what's what's happened there. Um, and then after the game, Coleman is injured. Looks like we almost lost Greenlow as well for a minute. Um, it was it was really just a non-slot of injuries after injuries after injury. Um, the way it's going to impact us is hard to say. I think. It's obvious, it's starters, it's big names, uh, it, it's going to have an impact. But I think Fred, Fred Warner said in his, in his conference today, um, it's the next man mentality. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the guys that played after those guys, because um, I think they had a very good performance. But surely it, it makes this revenge tour um, very, very bitter at, at the moment. And it's going to be very, very much more difficult to get to the to the big game without these guys for sure. What do you what do you make of it, Paul? Like you said, Nadji, uh, seven starters after two weeks of football. It's hard to imagine a season starting this poorly with injuries. I mean, you've touched upon their Borsa, defending rookie of the year. He, he's a a massive loss. 
I rewatched the game again today, and despite Same. the injuries, I thought our D line was really, really good. Um, I know it was the Jets, and it was well talked about coming in, but again, next man mentality. You can only beat what's in front of you. I, I thought even without any true edge rushers, we dominated. Um, similar to you, Najee, I wanted the game over at half time. Um, seeing Jimmy hobble around on one leg, your heart's just in your mouth. It took me back to the Kansas City game a couple of years ago. And that's how I felt when the game ended last night. I just was so deflated. My partner was like, you've just won. Like, Are you going to smile? And I was like, how, I can't smile. Um, I'm feeling a bit more positive today. Um, I'm interested to see, obviously, where the team goes moving forward. Obviously, you can't replace Borsa, so I don't think they're going to try. But like you've said, Warner, next next man up mentality. We've still got a good football team. Um, I don't know what you think, Richard. I think the Bosa one is huge and it's going to dominate the headlines. I think you can't replace him for what he is, but they're Ziggy answers flying mm-hmm. to the East Coast. And Finally he, sign him. <laughs> yeah, and that holdout he did last week looks a great bit of business. He's probably had another zero on the end of his contract. Uh, in terms of Solomon Thomas, I think people were talking about him as being a potential cut candidate at the start of the year, maybe, and we've not picked up his fifth-year option. And he's he's had his well-documented struggles, and, and I, I am rooting for him, but I don't think... I don't. I think we can overcome that. I thought um, Hyder and that they, they did well yesterday. Like I said, we didn't get a lot of sacks, but we sort of contained them, and that they didn't really offer a lot. The Jimmy G ones, I think, is the most concerning because it's how long he's out for is probably impacts how much we've got. We, you've written Boaster off. Whereas if Jimmy can be back for the Eagles game, I think I think we can probably make the playoffs still. I think if he is six weeks, I think it, it's a real struggle. What do you think, Lee? I think you're right. Um, uh, let's t- touch on Solomon Thomas and the, what the future holds for Solomon Thomas. It's potential that we've probably seen him play his last game for the 49ers. Um, definitely in the red and the gold. As you've said, we didn't take his fifth-year option. There was talk about Maybe he's he's on the roster bubble before the season began. And if we haven't picked up his fifth option, I, I find it hard to believe that come next year, we'll be able to renegotiate and sign him at uh, a considerably lower wage than what old or previous first-round uh, players will get. So I, th- I think that'll be us done with Solomon Thomas. And to be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm rooting for the guy. He's had his problems. Um, hopefully he gets through those problems, problems I wouldn't want to have. But you, you can't keep players on the team just because you're rooting for them in that particular way. He hasn't particularly performed. And you can make the argument that the first couple of seasons he was played out of position. When he came through the draft or when he, when he was going through college, he was always an interior lineman. And for the first two seasons, we tried to play him at defensive end and it didn't work. He was always very, very good against the run, not as good against the pass. And it took us three, four years before we actually decided to play him on the interior. And when we did play him on the interior, he did put in a good performance. Not a performance that's worthy of uh, the number three overall pick in the draft, but it was still a good performance and a performance you'd be happy with overall if you'd picked up this guy in free agency or maybe the second or third round. 
I think what happens with us fans, we, we get fixated on where he's picked up in the draft. Because he was a first-round pick and because it was number three, we, we tend to always going to hate them because he wasn't worth a, a number three pick. Regardless of how good he became, if he became a, a high-end second-round pick, played on that level, we'd still just think back to the fact that we took him in the first round with the third pick, so he's no yeah. good. And it, that's hard for somebody like Solomon Thomas to get around, or any player, not just Solomon Thomas. If, if you picked third overall and you only played a, a second-round grade for the rest of your career, that's still a high level. Yeah. But because <laughs> of where you were picked, that's it. You're yeah. damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's so it, it's unfortunate. I, I hope he, he doesn't have an ACL tear. I hope it's a sprain. I, I hope he can come back in three, four weeks' time. To be honest, I doubt it. I, I think that the way he went down, I think that's his season probably is done. Bosa, I am convinced without a shadow of a doubt, his season yeah. is done. But yeah. from what I saw, what rewatching it back, his knee's gone. Yeah. Um, Kyle kind of said the same thing. He, he turned around and says the doctors have told us it, it's a major ACL trauma, um, but we have to wait for the MRI to confirm that. Those team doctors know exactly what they're doing, and they'll know what an ACL tear feels like just through doing a few little tests. The confirmation is to tell tell us how bad it is, how easy it's going to be to fix, and what the time frame is. It's not to say, oh yeah, he's coming back in six weeks' time. He's gone for the season, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's very unfortunate, and I'm sure people are going to talk about the pitch and you know the the field because, well, we have to play on the same one again this week. I've, I'm not sure this it's got anything to do with it. I think I think if you go to the NFL.com front page, you'll see that injuries are happening on every team. Um, it just seemed that we we were extremely unlucky on that front. I did hear something about us arriving very, very late late in New York because of the fire and, and everything. So maybe not as much rest as needed. Um, I've played a bit of a part in that. But, I mean, you know, McCaffrey's down, Barkley's down, uh, you know, Sutton's down. Uh, players are going down left and right. I think I think we're going to have to go back to, to COVID, unfortunately. I think preparation wasn't, wasn't right and it's showing. I think it's going to be one of those seasons where... People are just going down left, right, and center, and whoever's left at the end is going to be the one that's got the luckiest. But let's let's talk about all the negatives um, before we move on to the positives, because there's a lot of it. Despite I think, despite how we all feel, um, there's a lot of good stuff that happened. Um, do you guys have anything bad apart from obviously the the injuries? I've got a couple, so. Enlighten us, Nadji. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about Coleman's performance. Um, I also want to talk about Pettis. I think I think he's done. Um, and I, I want to talk about how people are offensively scheming against us uh, because I think that's a major problem. I think, uh, I, 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 like I did, uh, like you, I did, Paul, I, I watched the game again and it seems that people have found a recipe to move the ball against us. Um, so... Um, I'll, I'll talk about that and then you guys can talk about Coleman and Pettis maybe. Um, it seems that uh, people understand that we play zone, uh, deep zones. Um, and then this week and last week, uh, you know, Donald and Murray just got rid of the ball extremely fast, completing a bunch of uh, passes underneath for 
you know, eight to 12 yards or so and put a little bit of tempo on our defense so we don't have time to settle and talk about it. Uh, and they, they seem to move the ball that way. Luckily, the Jets are awful, awful um, on offense, awful on defense. So it didn't make much of a difference. But I think you, the touchdown they score is pretty much that. Um, and the, the two long drives they have is uh, exactly that. So um, I hope Saleh can uh, recognize this and adjust a little bit that sometimes we might need to be playing press man and not you know, rushing four and maybe rushing three and dropping way more. So um, that's what I, I noticed. I don't know if you guys have, but um, it's a bit of a concern to me, especially if better teams start doing it, like the Seahawks and the Rams, and, and that's it's going to be very, very difficult for us to stop. Richard, I mean, do you want to... Yeah, I feel with the the sort of the, the pass rush, we didn't get to them a lot and we didn't there wasn't a lot of sacks and things like that but we we contained it quite well and I think that the problem we had at the end of last season was the freshness of the players and I wouldn't be surprised if two or three of these players go on injured reserves and there's sort of two two linemen gone injured reserve and maybe must must it and we bring in three linemen do you know what I mean just so they might not be as good but we've got numbers rather than quite quantity rather than quality that makes sense just to say we've got some pressure but it did worry me at times how easily they moved the ball on us but I did think you got to remember Richard as well and Nadji that last night's game technically was a six-man rotation wasn't it with the Mm. defence or the injuries and I agree with both of your concerns I'm I'm not going down a different page I agree exactly with what you're both saying Um, luckily the schedule could come into our favour for the next few weeks but like Nancy says, we've got to get it sorted before we're playing the likes of this. I mean, we've got that five games run where we're playing the Seahawks, the Packers, New Orleans, teams like that. If this isn't sorted, they're going to put up a lot of points against us. Yeah. So, what did you, what did you think of Tevin Coleman's, um, Lee? What did you think of his performance on Sunday? So, Tevin Coleman, I've, I've never really been sold on him since, since he came in. I mean, last season I always thought um, I always thought Mostert, Breda, and Jeff Wilson were better options than Tevin Coleman. He had the odd good game. I think there was a couple of games where he really went off. But other than that, he's been far too quiet for me. Yes, he knows Kyle's offense, so he, he know that that's a bonus for him. But he never strikes me as being somebody you expect to make a break. Somebody who can do that 80-yard run, like Mostert did, very first yeah. play of the game. I never ever think Coleman would be able to do that. Whereas you look at McKinnon, the runs that McKinnon did last night were fantastic. Mostert, he, he should have had two huge touchdowns. But to be fair, the second one, if McGlinchey wasn't holding the uh, yeah. the defensive lineman, yeah. he was going to get him anywhere. So yeah. that, that's fair enough. But that type of player, I, I don't see Coleman doing that. No. So... For for me, he's taken up a roster spot that, if I'm honest, during the uh, the off season when we traded Breda, I would rather have traded Coleman than Breda. Yeah, I agree. Um, almost like I'd, I'd rather have Jamaica Lasty, which we yes. we heard good stuff from training camp than than him, especially after that performance. I don't. I was very underwhelmed. Uh, he got he got the ball a bunch as well and. Really didn't do much with it. 
at all. Um, he, he did have the one really good catch. Yes. Yes, he did, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I, I think he's old faithful, isn't he? I think Braid, uh, Breeder had the, the sort of fumbling errors. Mm-hmm. Hasty's an unknown quantity. I think Tevin Coleman, a lot of the time, it was like, we'll run the first three or four plays with you up the gut and we'll only take two or three yards because Kyle's thinking, I'm giving you this look, I'm giving you this look. M- Muster always seems to get the runs to the edge, whereas Coleman always seems to get the runs straight up the middle. And it's almost kind of like, can you can you get hit a few times so Raheem doesn't have to? That's why I feel he's almost used. And he's he's dependable and he's plodding. He, he doesn't set the world alight and he wouldn't have made that. Was it third and... 35 or wherever it was that oh, the one, yeah. Yeah. yeah and he, and he wouldn't he wouldn't go off for 80 yards like Mustard. but I, I just think anybody we could have I think the, the bulk of his carries came when Mullins first came in the game and it was kind of just just run it and try and take as much time off the clock as we can so no one else gets hurt yeah yeah I agree with, I I agree honestly, with what everyone said I thought we were going to end up with Sanu quarterback yeah. at one stage yeah that would have been scary right let's talk about Pettis then um I've, I personally think he's done he had oh, yeah, ten, ten, 10 snaps didn't show anything um Paul what do you think no I agree Nancy I think the writing's on the wall isn't it I don't have the official snap count Julie it's 10 um I got it <laughs> I got it right there it's 10 10 snaps in a blowout it just seemed that we, Sanu was on the field more than Pettis. Um, and I don't know whether... I don't know whether... Oh, yeah, like, like you said, it just that's the way it appeared watching at home. And you think, if he, that's a game where you're going to try and make a name. I think he's gone. I think the writing on the wall, I agree there. I, don't, I know he had good chemistry with Mullins when Mullins was a starter a, a few years ago, but I can't imagine him having a spot on this roster for much longer. What do you think, Richard? I think he's the opposite of Coleman in Shanahan's mind. How Shanahan sees Coleman as sort of reliable and dependable and might not be as successful or as flashy. He sees Pettis as he might be flashy, but he just doesn't trust him. Like you said, in the, he could have schemed ways to get him open. He could have just said, Do you know what, last five minutes, let's just get the ball in his hands and make stuff happen. Try and get him, try and get him. And he's not, it's almost like he's not bothered with him. So I do think that the minute he, he gets a chance to get rid of him, he will. I think there was, um, there was a play, sorry, like at the end of the game where he, he was on punt return and he caught it as a fair catch, but he just looked absolutely fed up. I know we all were at home because of the injuries, but to me that wasn't mm. a good sign. And if it's things like that, the coaches are picking up off the film. It's not going to be helping his case either. Yeah, I think what he made of his one target against the Cardinals speaks volumes of how he's played ever since he came to us. Um, that that was the deep throw by Jimmy. That was the only target that Pettis had. Yes, there was two defenders around him, and he, to me, in my mind, he could have made that catch. If he wanted to make that catch, he could have made it. Could have, yeah. Bear in mind, he'd have been hit straight away, but he could have made that catch. And I think it was playing on his mind that he would have been hit straight away, and that's why he didn't make the catch. So I, I agree. I I think Pettis's time is done. It's over, but. I think with Mullins being under centre, potentially he might get some opportunities in the next couple of weeks. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, it, it's possible, right? Um, right. Let's let's talk about positives then. I've got a bunch. Um, it was a great game. Um, if if we forget about all of this 
horrible injuries. We uh, we destroyed them the way we should have. And despite despite everybody feeling down, you could tell on the sideline it really was a bit the wind knocked out of them um, every time somebody went down. So, um, well, Lee, I'm sure you've got plenty to say. Jordan, Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed was unbelievable. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to see Jordan Reed and George Kittle on the same field at the same time playing like that. We, we didn't see it in, against the Cardinals. They were both there. But I, I think Jordan Reed was only targeted twice against the Cardinals. Uh, now, I can tell now we... <laughs> uh, Jordan Reed, twice, yes. Twice yeah. in week one, eight time in week two. And what a difference it made. Throw yeah. him the ball a couple of more times. What a difference. He was unbelievable. That one-handed catch he made. Yeah, that was impressive. Wow. I mean, that was, that was a good throw by Jimmy, that side-arm throw. It was like a baseball throw to get the ball out there. And to do the one-handed catch was absolutely fantastic. So I, I thought Jordan Reed was absolutely amazing. Really excited to see him with Kittle um, playing to their potential. So I think I think that was definitely one positive for me. Um, I think another positive for me, and I don't think anybody's talked about it, was Kerry Hyder. I thought Kerry Hyder was yeah. absolutely excellent. That was actually top on my list. Um, I think, you know, Fred Warner said it again, um, next man up. And I think as soon as Bosa went down, Ida was clearly his, his replacement. Um, and he had a blinder of a game. Um, I don't know the stats exactly, although I could find that out. Um, but he was in a backfield constantly and um, disrupting everything. Um, I think he took his chance, you know, what what we wanted Pettis to do. I think Hyder Jr. did it. Um, yeah, what a performance. What a performance. Um, it bodes well. It bodes well if we if we can somehow manage to get a dominant defensive line without Bosa, without Thomas, um, we might just be all right. Paul, you got anything? Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, what a performance! Gritty Jimmy is what I left Sunday night with. Uh, I mean, we could all see he took that late hit when he was already struggling, and I was just impressed that he stayed in the game. Like Lee touched upon his connection with Jordan Reed. Impressive. Um, I think Lee said at the start before we started recording, Jimmy was the highest ranked quarterback. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Sunday. And I think he answered a lot of his critics. Um, He was 14 for 16, 131 yards, two touchdowns. What more can we say? So, a couple of bits of breaking news for you. Um, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. So if if yeah, it's from Pro Football Talk. That's a fairly uh, fairly secure source. So 49ers have signed Ziggy Anza. Yeah, that was expected. Yeah, yeah, we all expected that. I think. And the other one is uh, there's a report that Tevin Coleman has an injury that Sherman uh, that Sherman that Shanahan is concerned about. So that's yet another knee injury with our running back core. Oh dear, oh dear. Well, maybe we'll get to see a Jamaican AST after all. Um, so I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. That'll be that'll be interesting. I mean, I don't wish hell on anybody. Obviously, I hope I hope Coleman's all right. Um, but that's it. That's interesting. If he's out, if most is out, I'm sure we're gonna have to promote some some people from the practice squad. So um, yeah. Was it Paul that said um, the team turned up late to the stadium? It was me. I heard that. I think it was during the broadcast, I think. Right. So, the, again, David Lombardi's just tweeted to say, 
someone had crashed into the 49ers original play, plane on the San Jose runway on Friday night, which caused a six hour delay on their trip to the East Coast. But obviously that's not going to delay them getting to the stadium, but there was a six hour delay after somebody crashed the airplane. <laughs> no, no, that's what I said. They, they arrived late in New York. Um, right. I heard they arrived at like 2 or 3 a.m. rather than, you know, early afternoon, which, you know, these guys need to sleep. And they're up early. So it, it might play a part in, in all these injuries and not enough rest. Um, I don't know. So it's pure speculation. At this point, we're all trying to make sense of what's happened somehow. It's the ground. It's COVID. It's the plane crash. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's somebody with a voodoo doll somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pins in it. That's what it is. Like, yeah. Can you remember this time last year we were cursing our week four by week? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this week, week four by week, yeah. might not have been such a bad. <laughs> yeah, it would have been so, nice. That's a very good point. Uh, yeah, Richard, have you got any positive from the game? So I thought, I thought that Ayuk uh, looked, you know, and there was a couple of rookie mistakes, but I mean, he's already been a more successful first round draft pick than AJ Jenkins, which is, which is a bonus. <laughs> uh, I thought yeah. Kendrick Bourne, you know, wow, made some yeah. big catches at many times. I thought Jimmy was, he was crocked at 7-3 and he was hobbling everywhere. And the two drives, the two momentum shifting drives, I thought they, at forty at 14-3, they had a fourth and one at our 20. They got stopped and then he marched us 80 yards on one leg, if you can march on one leg. And the, the touchdown to just sort of change the game just before halftime, I just thought it was massive. And I thought the key defensive stop then was by Najee's favourite. So I know you love to talk about him, Fred Warner. Oh, what a performance. <laughs> I love the guy. I think, uh, yeah, he's he's making me forget Patrick Willis almost. I, I can't say that, obviously. But yeah, what, what a performance. Um, I said in a preview show that we might not need our linebackers. And well, I think, you know, Warner and... And Alexander played a, an absolute blinder. Um, I think everybody did. I think everybody was kind of pissed off um, about the injury and just wanted to play for for those guys and make sure we, we could get the win, uh, especially after the last week one. So, yeah, I mean, what a performance! What a you know defensive captain we've got on Ireland. He's he, he's going to be a, he's going to be a, a, an all time great. I think if he carries on like this, um, yeah. Um, He's, he's by far my favourite player at the moment on our team. Um, I just he's love watching him play. Yeah, he's one of my I mean, favourites as well, Nancy. Totally, totally agree with you there. He was everywhere. He That, that sack on that third down to basically stop them when the game was still somewhat, you know... Um, not quite pos- in the balance. <laughs> not, not quite over. <laughs> was was a brilliant play. It, it seemed to be... You, you know, I think, you know, Kurt Warner says it all the time. People in the NFL say it all the time. Big players make big plays in big games. And um, this was by no means a big game, but it, it, we needed a big play at that time. And he just he just made it. So, so yeah, I was, I was really, really happy with, with his performance. Yeah, he made a fantastic stop on that fourth down in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. Got some breaking news myself, Lee. Adam oh. Hefter. On Twitter, he seems a reliable source, ESPN yeah, insider. Very, Apparently, very Shanahan reliable. has just said that Garoppolo's high ankle sprain isn't severe and he oh. may go week to week and could possibly feature on Sunday. 
Oh, that's excellent news. Excellent news. That's so great. I, we think of that. I, I read that earlier on on um, Twitter as well. So, so that's been doing the rounds today. So rather than rather than talk about what we think of that, let's turn <laughs> that question slightly, and let's talk about what do you think of Nick Mullins. I thought he uh, had a good game. I've, I've, for somebody that again, we're going to talk about this off season. I will anyway to you know remind everybody that. No preparation in the NFL is just not good at all for these guys. They're machines. They need to be drilled reps after reps after reps. And I, I, I can imagine Nick Mullins didn't get nowhere near as many reps to be ready to play an NFL game this year. Um, it's but not no meaningful reps anyway. And he, he walked in and he was 8 for 11. He did throw a pick, which was a bad throw, uh, which was tipped. Um, but... I think he played a clean game, um, the same way he did when when Jimmy went down two years ago. My clock is about to ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's three minutes fast. It is three minutes fast. It's an old clock. Um, <laughs> my partner's grandparents was a, a clockmaker. Um, they were clockmakers. Not a very good one. <laughs> very very good one. Very old. So um, sorry about that. But yeah, no, he. Um, it was just clean. Uh, it, I also like the fact that he, he took some short downfield. He wasn't scared. Um, I think it was very good, especially being put on the spot like this uh, in a game like this. I mean, he, he said in his presser, uh, he said um, all he wanted to do was to uh, protect the ball and make sure we, we, we were going to win. And, and that's exactly what he did. I think he put a great performance. What do you think, Richard? I think with a backup quarterback, you're not very rarely are they going to be able to sort of play at that level. Last year, Mahomes missed a couple of weeks, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I think they dislocated his knee, I think, didn't he? Yeah. And you, don't, you just want your quarterback, the backup quarterback, to be able to win with him. Do you know That's what I mean? Right. Not, yeah, yeah. not in the battle. And if, if Nick Mullins can get us through a game next week, if needed, that's fantastic. I, I was positive about Jimmy because having played a lot of football myself, Usually with ankle injuries, once you take your boot off, that's when the problem is. And I think he probably got it inspected at half time and it's swelled up. So, I mean, I, I'd be fairly confident with Mullins under centre next week at the Giants. Uh, and then maybe I think we could get away with him at the Eagles. It's just if he goes down, I'm not too confident in CJ. <laughs> well, uh, CJ was out anyway. We didn't we didn't have a third quarterback no. on Sunday. So, um, so yeah, it, it could be a bit of a problem. So I'm actually you, excited to see him play. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what he's going to be like after a full week of first-team reps. Yeah, that's yeah, that's Yeah, right. and he's obviously two years removed from that stretch of games where he, he filled in for for Jimmy, when Jimmy uh, went down with the the ACL injury. Um, obviously, CJ was in there first, but then CJ was dropped for Mullins. I think people tend to forget that... Mullins actually had some really good games that year and he should have won a lot more than what we did but we didn't have a defence we didn't have a pass, yeah. rush, pass rush so we were getting beat because our defence was performing poorly I think if you just look at his win-loss column you think well, he's, he's not that good but he is and then people will make uh, the argument well it was a simplified playbook fair enough Probably it was, was a simpli- yeah, yeah. yeah simplified playbook he still moved the ball. He still scored touchdowns. He still led his team on winning drives. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see 
how much he's progressed in these two years. Obviously, as a backup, it's difficult to progress, but he should know that playbook now. So it shouldn't be simplified players. He should be able True. to go out there and understand exactly what Shanahan's trying to do and be able to run that full playbook. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see, see how he plays. Yeah, and, and you know, there's possibly a repercussion for him, for us. You know, if he goes out there and say Jimmy's even just gone for a couple of weeks um, and, and he plays his tails off and he wins us those both of those games and goes off and, and looks good. Um, well, he might just secure himself some some starting jump somewhere next year or even this year. Um, you know, Drew Locke went down Sunday, so the, the Broncos have to start Jeff Driscoll, which I'm sure they, they're delighted about. Um, so, you know, quarterbacks are very important in this league, and th- this is basically him uh, having an interview for 31 other team and tr- trying to get you know, a starting job somewhere. So, yeah, it could be it could be very interesting, especially the Giants are a pretty bad team, I think, as well. Although better than the Jets, I think. I think yeah. the Jets are probably the worst team in the league right now. So, some interesting, um, um, some interesting news that's just come up on Twitter again as I watch for the Boston news. The 49ers had an MRI truck scheduled to come to Greenbrier that broke down. So, the local hospitals yeah, have, having to help. Um, so not, not only is it players, <laughs> but it's also our full medical staff and all the equipment that they have. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you know you talked about it during the preview of the season. We, we were going to need a little bit of luck to go all the way. It doesn't look like we've got any at the moment. Um, let's just hope we can, you know, turtle this, uh, win some games, and uh, come out on the other side. Because all in all, if we can if we can win the next two weeks, and then we get everybody back, um, and we're all we're only missing Bosa and Thomas, and and Answer turns out that he's actually good and wants to play some more, and you know turns out to be even half as good as Bosa. We we still we still got a shot. We still got a as, as Paul said, we still got a very very good team. Um, so fingers crossed. Uh, we're lucky in the fact that our schedule is easy until until it's not. So let's let's hope we can win uh, next week and and the week after at least. Yeah. So has that statement not changed given the injuries? So before the injuries, we we were all looking at uh, week six against the Rams as being our first tough game. I mean, we'd even kind of dismissed the Cardinals, but we also were kind of thinking it was going to be a close game anyway. But then the, the Jets, the Giants the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Patriots, because of what's been happening with their teams and because of how strong our team was, we, we looked at all five of those games and we thought, yeah, th- those are in the bag. <laughs> being cocky, confident fans, we all <laughs> thought those five are in the bag. Has that not changed now, though? I don't think it has for the Giants. I think the Eagles have proven that they're not very good at the moment. They're struggling with injuries, um, although I wouldn't count them out. Uh, I think the Dolphins are not very good. Uh, the Patriots are a good team. I think that's going to be the first real challenge. Um, the Patriots they... is after the Rams, isn't it? Is it? I can't remember our schedule. I, th- um, I think we, we play the Rams and the Pats on a bye week, and then we play the Pats. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule now. Yeah, it's um, so we've got the Giants next week. Obviously, everyone knows that. 
Eagles, Dolphins, Rams, then the Patriots, then the Seahawks. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that's going to be the first test. Um, I mean, I'm still not sold on the Rams. I know they won't look like comfortably, but I think they played two bad teams. So we'll see. I still remain positively. I still think we're good enough. Obviously, we've had some horrific luck. Um, I know it was only the Jets and people keep saying only the Jets. We were still impressive, you know, and I mm-hmm. still believe we're loaded with enough talent to overcome this loss. Like Nancy said, I don't know how you and uh, Lee feel, Richard, on, on that statement. I mean, in terms of overcoming it, I think my, my thing is big picture. How many wins do you think we need to get in the playoffs? Nine? Nine wins probably gets you that third spot. And I, I, think I think it's going to take more. But yeah. yeah, I think it's going to take more. Say 10. So I think we need yeah, nine, wins out, nine wins out of 14 games. I think this group can do it. I mean, injury permitting at the moment, it looks terrible for us. But as you said, if we can get through the, th- the next three games with three wins and then all of a sudden, you know, we're playing the Rams, but... Goff and someone else have picked up injuries or do you know what I mean these injuries Mm -hmm. are going to happen all season we could be chatting in middle of October and going crikey who could you know with Donald Goff and Cooper Cup out who are the Rams going to field so I I think it's going to be each week we're going to be addressing it and looking at it as fans and thinking it's like another one bites the dust for somebody else it's big name after big name across the league isn't it so I don't think the playoffs are written off by any means. No, I don't either. Um, it's not over until it is, right? It, it's the NFL. Um, we've seen seven and eight, seven and nine team make the playoff the the Seahawks that one year. Um, it's especially with an extra spot this year. Anything is possible. Um, yeah, as you say, like, injuries could, could happen if if the Seahawks lose lose Russell Wilson I don't think they'll win a, a single game after that so yeah that's just um good win we needed it we, we said we needed to be comfortable ahead and that's exactly what we did despite the, the circumstance let let's do it again next week and let's let's just take it one week at a time I think one of the problem of our fandom and and this group of fans has been so so positive all the time is uh, we, we lose sight that uh, it, it's not that easy sometimes. Yeah, we've, we've got a great team and yeah, we, we want to go to the Super Bowl, but it's not going to just happen because we snapped our fingers. Um, and and I think the, the football gods are reminding us of that right now. It's it's just going to be it's going to be a hard one, this one, but it'll, it'll be all the sweeter if we make it all the way after, after what happened this week. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um... I, th- I think it's far too early to be making a judgment on whether or not we can still get to the playoffs because we, we don't know the extent of some of the injuries. Um, so Gareth just texted, uh, Mostert is out, apparently. Uh, Jimmy, as you said, it's a sprain, but not too bad. Uh, DJ Jones and Greenlaw are fine. And then they're still waiting for MRI on Coleman. Bosser and, and Solomon Thomas. So uh, that's the extent we have. So we, we're missing most of our uh, next week, which um, which is a big loss because as he proven on the very first play, um, huh, what a run. Um, how how this game can you make you feel so high and so great and then five minutes later so bad is unbelievable. But yeah, I agree with you, Lee. I think, I think it's going to take time to decide whether we, we're worthy of the playoff or not. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. So let, let's have a quick look at our predictions. Can, can you all remember your predictions? No. <laughs> it was, I, uh, think, no I don't. Right, give yeah, us I think I was... 31-12, I believe, or 38-12, sorry, and you're always somewhere. Yeah, I think I was 38-12 at the start. Mr. That's Optimistic pretty, over here. <laughs> that's very yeah, close, though. Yeah, it was. I, I think you're right there, Paul. Uh, but to be to be fair, I mean, whenever we make these predictions, we always make them um, with the starting quarterback in mind. So I think it's only fair that we get the half time, which is when Jimmy went out the game, take that score and double it. That's the only <laughs> fair way to do it, which means so the final score win, was 42-6. Yeah. And I believe I said 42-9. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? I can't remember. I think you said 35-10. So you were very close as well. Oh, there you go. Uh, did, I, did I have a 17-point margin? Was that... Let's 27 10. 10. Yeah, I thought 27 yeah. 10 was God, Richard. So, I mean, that, that's point off, isn't it? That, you know, I've covered the spread there. Yeah, you have, yeah. <laughs> Let me Very see good. if I can actually find the. Uh, here we go. Here we go. So, <laughs> I, I did make a note of them. Oh, yeah. Naji. Wow. You were very close. Oh, was I? 35 14. Oh, there you go. Ooh. 35 14, you went. Richard what went 27-10. We won 31 12. Paul yeah. was definitely 38 12. I think it was 31 13, Nadji, so you were like. 13. A point. Yeah, first Good. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I wish we'd won 3 0 and the game was over in two minutes and yeah, we, we had still had all of our players. Yeah. yeah. Never mind, hasn't happened that way. <laughs> no. Fortunately. Okay, guys. Oh, sorry, Richard. Go ahead. Isn't, isn't sport funny? Like you said, we we we've we've all predicted big wins. We've all got really close to having a big big win. And I, like I said, I didn't want to have to watch the last quarter, and we didn't have to watch it from a result point of view. But it was like watching a horror film at the end, wasn't it? And yeah. we won, and we're so deflated. But yeah, I think it's just the expectations from coming into the season. I'm I'm still remaining positive. I think tonight we've all touched upon. The season's not over any given Sunday. Obviously, the team will look to bring changes. But I think from that height of we're going to make a run at the championship, I think, like Nadja said, the football gods have humbled us. And I think that's why we've approached last night's end of game. It was a bit deflating, as Lee said. Yeah, I I think we have to all re-evaluate what our expectations are now for this season. Uh, And to be honest, you should really do that all through the season based on Mm -hmm. who's playing, who's not. Um, Just reevaluate what we expect from this season from this point onwards and anything above that is a bonus just like yeah. last season last season we were going to be happy if we made the playoffs even if we went out the, as a wild card team in the very first round yeah. That's very we'd true. have been happy because we were in the playoffs but we got the Super Bowl and getting to the Super Bowl has given us far greater expectations this season than what we had last year That's so I, th- I think it's only fair that we as fans just take stock have a look, reevaluate, and think, right, what can we do with the team that we have now in the division that we're in? And then go yeah. forward from there. Yeah. Yeah, because there's there's, there's that problem, isn't it? We're, we're in the NFC West, which is clearly, clearly the best division in football. Um, I think the Seahawks and the, and the Cardinals are going to be uh, a contenders this year. They looked really, really good on Sunday. Um, not so on the Rams, um, but, but they look sharp. So, 
yeah, let's reevaluate every week. So that, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. You know, you hear it in every sport, uh, one game at a time. But it it can't be more true than tonight and after Sunday. I think, it, you know, the revenge tour. I I don't have a problem with it specifically because it's it, it's a it's a goal you set as a team and it's it's a noble goal. But it, it's not very. Um, it's a bit naive. It's it's very difficult to do it, and and I think you go just strive and winning the game, uh, and then going home and then winning the next one. Uh, that's that's all you got to do. So on on and upward, giant next. Um, they're losing massive pieces, so it it should be it, sh- it should be a, a win for us again, and, and then we can go from there. I think. Right. Thank you guys for joining me on the short night. Um, it's definitely made me feel a lot better than what I was feeling last night. We should sure. we should rename it the, the Therapy Podcast for sure. Yeah, right? it's, yeah it's without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> and thanks again to you guys, the listeners who make this worthwhile. We'll be back on Friday with the Giants preview show. If you haven't done so already, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcasts when they are released. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 the Faithful UK. Until Friday, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.